Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, also known as Cheap Lazy Vegan on YouTube. And I'm Daniel, one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel. We're two friends who love to talk about the latest trending topics. So get comfortable and join us while we give our savage take on just about everything. You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Savage Podcast. Um, as you can see, guys, I am all by myself. Um, basically, um, as many of you know from previous episodes that we've recently recorded, um, Rose is traveling right now. Um, she's doing a couple like trips to like I think she went to Thailand, Vietnam, and then Singapore. Um, and because we already took the month of June off when we were both traveling, we thought that actually let's try to not take a break. Obviously we don't want to not be recording for you guys. Um, so bear with me. I'm not used to recording by myself. I'm not Rose. Who's like a professional YouTuber in front of the camera. So, um, if this episode is a little bit awkward, I apologize. I have a little bit of wine here to kind of help me through this process and bear with me guys. Um, hopefully you like the episode. Um, you can kind of see my messy kitchen behind me so that's great um trying to like hide everything as i'm uh recording here um but yeah let's let's get into it um there's a bunch of stories that i found today some of them are pretty crazy um and we'll just kind of go from there i'm gonna have another sip of wine just to kind of get the the creative juices flowing i actually um recently went to Kelowna and uh, with a couple of my friends and got some amazing wine from, I don't know if anyone's been to Summerhill Winery. Um, it's really, really good. I got a bottle of the, I can never pronounce it, Erwinfelser. Anyway, Erwinfelser. It's 100% vegan. It is delicious. Um, it's real, pretty sweet though. So if you're not like a sweet wine drinker, probably not the wine for you. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to enjoy that. Hopefully you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Um, so for those of you that are not already, uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Um, you get all the content uh, a week early and it's all ad free on there. And you also get exclusive episodes. So we released the September exclusive today, actually it dropped. Um, and it's a continuation on of us doing, am I the asshole episodes? So we've got a lot of feedback from you guys. Lots of people are like, keep doing it, keep doing it. We loved it. So, um, I think we're going to probably try to pepper that in with our regular, you know, uh, program that we do for you guys. Um, so just stay tuned. There's gonna be lots more, uh, cool stuff, but yeah, so check out the, the, the Patreon page. Um, and it starts at $3 a month. Um, and like I said, all ad free content. So it's a pretty awesome place. And you get a shout out. We haven't been doing the shout outs lately, guys, um, only because I'm waiting for Rose to get back and we're going to kind of formally get caught up and do our shout outs to everybody that has joined our lovely uh, Patreon community. So what are we talking about today, guys? There are some crazy stories out there. One of them, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Like, I, I don't know if this is a big thing. Maybe we have it in Canada. We probably do. I've just never used it. So apparently Uber has... Um, a service um, called Uber Connect, where basically, I guess you can get packages sent and delivered um, to different parts of the city, I guess, from where you're living. I've never personally used it. I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, I just use Uber for obviously for transit and for transit for like getting places myself and also for food uh, from time to time. So I guess it's come out that actually, and this kind of makes sense, but it's also kind of scary. Um, some Uber drivers have recently come forward and they said that they're becoming more and more worried and concerned um, about maybe 
unknowingly delivering illegal substances through this uh, courier service because basically uh, when they do get the get the goods, if you will, um, obviously they're not allowed to open the packages or do any verification. They're just kind of get the package and deliver it, which is kind of sketchy when you think about it. Um, and I, I think um, basically there was a an article that came out where um, I think this is mostly in the US and Australia, but I'm sure maybe we have it in Canada. I don't know, guys. Have you used Uber Connect? I guess one of the drivers uh, who was talking to NBC had mentioned that he could see like little baggies of like crystals in his in the box that he was supposed to deliver. So clearly he freaked out. And then it's kind of scary also for the Uber drivers because if you think about it, the person that's getting their package delivered, they can follow them on the app so they can know if, hey, they're taking a detour to the police station or doing whatever. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is to kind of like help this problem. I didn't even know this was was kind of a thing. Um, but technically, Uber does prohibit customers from using the service to deliver illegal substances such as alcohol, well, illegal items, alcohol, medication, or recreational drugs as per the company website. However, uh, parcels are also required to be securely sealed and drivers are forbidden from opening and looking inside the packages. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, you know, there's going to be a little bit more of a crackdown on on uh, Uber customers. Like maybe they're going to do like police checks or I don't know what's going to happen. But definitely it does seem a bit sketchy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So that's my little story on Uber. Um, also, I don't know if any of you guys have been watching this. I... I'm guilty of this, but there's a new Netflix series called uh, Dahmer, which is uh, obviously in reference to Jeffrey Dahmer. It's all about his life, his story. Um, he was a very famous, if those of you that don't know, a very famous and prolific um, serial killer in the U.S. Now, the interesting thing is it's, first of all, become a huge hit on Netflix. I think it's like trending at number one. It's like one of the largest uh, watched premieres of a series um, out there. And the argument and the backlash that they're facing is that a lot of people are kind of saying that, you know, this is kind of like re-victimizing or causing more trauma for the families as they're, you know, having to like relive all of this through Netflix if they choose to watch it. And obviously it's, it's everywhere. It's in the media right now. A lot of people are talking about it and yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there's weird things going on with this guys. I also saw on TikTok, people are like romanticizing Dahmer, like, because I guess he was like a, a fairly attractive guy, but like it's very weird. Like people are doing memes and stuff with, you know, um, the actor that's playing, playing Dahmer and just like sexualizing him and, and fantasizing about him. And people are like, let's take a step back here, guys. Like he was actually a serial killer who murdered and dismembered tons of people. And it's almost like there's that whole argument about how a lot of these like prolific serial killers, they quite often get like, not even just romanticized, but they become larger than life characters and they're portrayed in the media. There's movies made about them. There's all of this stuff. And, you know, there is that argument to be said, like, are we giving them uh, the attention that they're seeking? You know, because some of these people are narcissistic in, in many ways. And, you know, um, we're... I'm guilty of this as well, guys. Like I am fascinated with true crime stories. I'm fascinated with like, I don't know what it is, if it's like a sick fascination or whatever, but I know me and Rose have talked about this on the podcast many times before um, about our obsession with true crime series. For a while there, I was watching um, The Forensic Files when I was living in the UK for a bit. And honestly, after a while, it gets a little bit dark and I was like, okay, I need to watch some like nicer things. Um, I've only watched a few episodes of, of Dahmer, uh, so far. I'm, I am going to finish it even after this article, I feel kind of bad, but I do find it a very unique and kind of interesting story. 
And it's kind of crazy, like the stuff that he was doing and how long it took for him to be caught, I think really um, emphasizes like how crazy, not crazy, but like how intense this whole story is. I mean, um, I think it was the first episode. There was a really famous part of the Dahmer case where one of his victims actually escaped and was like, you know, found by the police and, you know, Dahmer confronted the police and said, Hey, this is my boyfriend. You know, like they were just, he's just drunk or whatever. Um, and the police never really did any further investigation or looked into it. And apparently his neighbor as well, at least from what I've seen so far on the, on the series, um, also had sent, uh, several calls to the police about, you know, things going on in the apartment next to her, the smells, everything else. And it just took ages until the police actually, um, you know, discovered what he was doing. And then when that happened, I mean, it was deeply, deeply, uh, disturbing. So, one of the victims, uh, one of the victims' uh, sister, actually confronted and has been really vocal about this. And she was saying uh, she was never contacted by Netflix about the show. I feel like Netflix should have asked if we mind or how we felt about making it. They didn't ask me anything; they just did it. She also noted that while the series, while this series will earn Netflix a lot of money, and this is again a part of that argument about you know, making money off of these serial killers by, you know, filming this, you know, these horrific sometimes stories. Um, none of these funds are are going to be going to the victim's children or grandchildren. If the show benefited them in some way, it wouldn't feel so harsh and careless, she said. It's sad that Netflix is just making money off this tragedy and that it's just greed. And I, I, I think I partially agree with her. I think, you know, maybe Netflix could have gone about and asked some of the victims how they felt about it, or even maybe, I don't know if they're going to, maybe with this added pressure and stuff, maybe Netflix will end up, you know, donating some of this money that they earn. I doubt it, but you never know, right? Like, and maybe some of it will go back to the victims, uh, families and stuff. I don't know, but, but maybe it will. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I am going to watch it though. Like I said, um, this is hard guys. Like I'm so used to having Rose here to like banter with and chat with and just like recording this by myself in my, in my kitchen. It's like a very strange experience. Um, Rose is back actually today, but she's like super tired and jet lagged and stuff. So it's like, don't worry. I will hold down the fort. I will continue on, um, our little podcast journey and, you know, continuing on, continuing on. And that's what we're doing guys. So I'm really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Have you guys watched the Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix? What are your thoughts about, you know, not even just Netflix, but other companies and stuff making money off of these serial killer stories and giving them that, I can't think of the word right now, but that like, I guess that notoriety and that kind of that fame that, you know, some of these people are seeking. So like, I'll be interested to know what your guys' thoughts are on on that on that aspect of it. And also if any of you guys are fascinated with these stories, I don't know, I I personally... As weird as it is, I just find them very interesting. Um, but it is really, really sad, obviously, what's what happened and and you know, unfortunately it's changed changed people's lives forever. Yeah, it's sad. In other news, guys, oh okay. This is something that like, I don't know, personally, like really, really frustrates me. Um, I know Rose and I have talked about this many, many, many times in the podcast. Uh, I just don't know what to even say anymore on this, on this topic. I just like, I, I feel like we're like constantly like just hitting our heads against a wall. But I guess there was an article recently published about the university of Idaho faculty and staff. They could face criminal charges for promoting abortion um, and any form, uh, sorry, not any form and contraception. So faculty staff at the university of Idaho could face termination or criminal charges for discussing abortion topics in a non-neutral manner per an email from the university's leaders citing, citing the new state laws. 
University employees were told that they could not recommend or refer abortions or even dispense emergency contraceptives. So even if a student came out to, came to them and was like, you know, and except they could only do it in the case of rape. Additionally, the university staff uh, the university told staff that only licensed healthcare professionals could provide pharmaceutical birth control as state law prohibits the advertisement advertisement of medication used for contraception. Uh, guys, like in some ways I get like that maybe the staff shouldn't be necessarily promoting abortion. Um, I don't think that was ever the case. I don't think everyone's going around being like, you should get an abortion. Everyone should get an abortion. It's just like students that do come forward and, and need the help. It's like, there's just going to be more and more roadblocks for them to be able to get the support that they need. Um, it's just really, really sad to be completely honest. Like I just don't understand this huge uh, push against, um, you know, abortions and also the use of contraceptives. Like this is something that, you know, I, I me and Rose, again, we've talked about this so many times, how these, how these always seem to come hand in hand where you have the same people that are, um, advocates to say, Hey, you know, don't get abortions. Like this is the, you shouldn't be doing this. It should be illegal, blah, 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 blah. But on the flip side, they're also saying, you know, we shouldn't promote contraceptives. We shouldn't be giving contraceptives to kids because it's, you know, because of X, Y, Z reasons. And I'm just like, guys, you have, you can't just, you, you can't just pick everything. Like, like literally if you're saying don't get abortions, like what is wrong with people using contraception? Like, I, I just, I don't understand like why we're even having this conversation in 2022. Like somebody please tell me why we're having this conversation. I, you know, I know that I'm preaching to the choir, if that's even the right term, preaching to the choir, the congregation. I can't remember what it is guys. Um, I know most of our listeners, you guys are in the same boat as us uh, in terms of our thoughts on this. So I don't know. It just, it just seems to be very, uh, ones one-sided, you know? And I just, I don't get it. There was also, they also talked about like, um, they went a little bit further about contraceptives such as condoms. And they're like, the memo specifies that condoms may be given out to prevent sexually transmitted diseases, but not pregnancy. So like if they're giving out condoms, it's to promote not the spread of STDs to promote the, yeah, to not spreading STDs. And it has nothing to do with whether or not, you know, you should use this as a contraceptive. Like, again, I'm just like, I, oh guys, like, I don't even know what to say about this anymore. I really don't. I know I keep saying this and I keep like, we keep talking about this, but like, how is this still happening? Like what is going on? I guess the state of Idaho began enforcing its trigger ban, which bans nearly all abortions in the state, except those necessary to preserve the life of the mother on August 25th, the prohibition uh, against promoting abortion or referring students in any way comes from the no public funds for abortion act passed by the state's Republican led legislature legislate. I can't even talk today. This is not a good day to be recording this podcast legislature in 2021 Idaho released a follow-up statement. The University of Idaho released a follow-up statement addressing the no public funds for abortion, saying it has real ramifications for individuals as it calls for individual criminal prosecution. We support our students and employees as well as academic freedom, but understand the need to work within the laws set out by the state. So I don't know if it's necessarily the University of Idaho, I don't know if it's necessarily the University of Idaho that's like the problem, but it's like just the state laws in general um, and obviously having to follow suit, right? So it's like if you were, you know, province or state makes implies or, or, or legislates some of this, some of these laws around contraception and abortion, like you just have to follow suit. Like you cannot be against the law. And that's why I think, you know, the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the implications that it's causing in a lot of these states and how a lo- I just feel like 
generally the trend is we're like going backwards. And that's what kind of scares me right now is like a lot of these, especially what's happening in the States. And obviously like in Canada, I, I just, the U S is our neighbors. And like, I just hope that like, we don't follow suit. You know what I mean? Like, I just really hope, uh, that, you know, I hope that this doesn't continue guys. Like I just don't, I, again, I just don't know where to go from here and I just don't know when things are going to change. It just seems like things are just getting worse and worse. Like, and the fact that like faculty staff now, you know, at a university, they can face criminal charges for this stuff. Like it's just, it's just wild to me. Like it is really wild. All right, guys. And in other news, our last story, this is going to be a really short podcast today. I think partly because I'm really nervous doing this. Um, I feel very uncomfortable right now. It's a very weird feeling just sitting here talking to the camera. As you know, I like to talk, but it's usually if there's somebody else in the room with me. So if I have like somebody sitting next to me, I can talk their ear off for hours and hours. Um, But just doing it as much as I like love you guys. And I like I love doing this podcast. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to do a solo episode again because this is very weird. Um, uh, yeah, those are just my thoughts. Maybe I will. Who knows? Maybe I'll get more comfortable as time goes on. But I don't think like hopefully mine and Rose's schedules won't be so crazy and we won't be we can just like pre-record a bunch. I think I really liked doing those um, Am I the Asshole series. So that could maybe be something that we do and pre-record for you guys. The final story I wanted to talk about uh, today was <laughs> and this this to me like really it gets under my skin and I, and I hate to leave you guys on a bad note. I'm always like on that positive note guys um, because some of the stories out there are so depressing and this one, it just makes me so angry. Um, I guess it just recently came out. Um, there's about 47 people that have been formally charged in a massive scheme where these particular, and it's still under investigations. So they don't even know the full magnitude of this yet. Um, their estimate right now, which is like, I guess the bottom of the barrel of like the you know minimum, uh, is that these 47 individuals scammed the US government out of $250 million. This is crazy guys, $250 million. The worst part is, this money was meant to be part of a um, uh, children's aid. So it was meant to like help feed children during COVID and all this kind of stuff. And these people took advantage. So basically, um, they've been formally charged. And they said that this was the largest scheme yet to take advantage of COVID-19 pandemic uh, by stealing $250 million from a federal program that provides meals to low-income children. Like... This is where I'm like, whenever people do these things for like very vulnerable groups, like these are groups that really need the support. Like these people like make me feel sick. They literally took this money from people and children that needed it. Like there, there are kids literally going hungry because these people like stole this money. Like it's just crazy. So the way that they did it is I guess they created like fake companies or companies that claimed to be offering meals to tens of thousands of children across uh, the state of Minnesota, across the state of Minnesota. And then they sought reimbursement for those meals from the U.S. government um, as part of this COVID relief program that the government was running. Um, Prosecutors who are investigating this, they said that very few meals were actually served and the defendants used the money to buy luxury cars, property, and jewelry. Oh, it just makes me so angry. Like, I, I I, just like, when you think of like, especially like vulnerable groups, such as like the elderly and such as like young children, 
and and just hearing about these people take advantage of this oh and also to scam the government as well i mean i feel like maybe the government should have done a they're, they're not really scot-free in this i mean it's great that they had this program but at the end of the day like how was there no due diligence done? Like they just kind of took the word of these companies like, yeah, we're feeding these kids. So give us some money. Um, I think maybe they should have done a little bit more. I mean, clearly they found out what was happening um, through investigation and everything. But at the same time, I'm like guys like, and this is another problem. Like we have this in Canada as well, where the government offered like here in Canada, I don't remember the full story exactly, but our government offered companies uh, wage subsidy programs. So like, for example, instead of having to like lay people off or like, let's say they had to like reduce salaries or whatever the government would help um give those companies uh, a bit of money uh and when i say a bit i'm talking like millions and millions of dollars and it came out that like a lot of these companies like obviously some of the companies needed it smaller mom and pop shops but there was some huge big companies in there um that were taking advantage of these government programs and still um you know still reposting record profits and issuing you know millions of dollars out to shareholders in the form of dividends. So again, I think part of it is, you know, it's good that our government has these programs, but they also need to do a little bit of their due diligence and, you know, maybe make it a little bit, uh, maybe not harder, but like have a little process. Like, I mean, maybe they do, but clearly it's not being sufficient if these companies and these people are able to scam millions of dollars out of the, out of the government. Um, the, the sad part is, is that this money was used to just, fuel people's ego and buy luxury cars, property and jewelry. Like that is literally meals that you're taking away from the youth that like actually need this. Like this is just, Oh, it just makes me feel sick. And earlier this year, the, the U S department of justice made prosecuting pandemic related fraud a priority. And this is another thing guys. Like I feel like this pandemic brought out the worst in so many people. Like you hear about all these scams. Like I remember when the beginning of the pandemic, there was like these two, I think they were brothers. Um, and we actually did talk about this, but they like went around and like bought up all of like the hand sanitizer and like toilet roll and was like reselling it for like a huge profit margin. Again, just like scamming people essentially for those kind of essential goods that people needed. And now they're saying, yeah, so the U.S. Department of Justice is, is is prosecuting more. The department has already taken enforcement actions related to more than $8 billion in suspected pandemic fraud, including bringing charges in more than 1,000 criminal cases involving losses in excess of $1.1 billion. Federal officials repeatedly described the alleged fraud as brazen and and that it involved a program intended to feed children who needed the help during the pandemic. Again, this is like, how are people so mean to each other? Like... I'm really sorry guys, but like the, I guess the government said that they were billed for more than 125 million fake meals with some defendants making up the names of the children by using an online name generator. He displayed one form for reimbursement that claimed a site served exactly 2,500 meals each day, Monday through Friday with no children ever getting sick or otherwise missing from the program. These children were simply invented. He said the government so far, and this is some some silver lining here, the government so far has recovered $50 million um, in money and property and expects to recover more from this scam. The defendants uh, in Minnesota face multiple counts, including conspiracy, wire fraud, money laundering, and bribery, and that some of them were arrested on Tuesday morning. So, uh, it's bad. This article actually lists all of the defendants. I'm not going to go through their names. I'm not going to name and shame them, guys. It's just bad. Like, you guys should feel really ashamed of yourself. I don't understand how people have... People could do this, like, and have no shame. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like... 
Oh, it's just so, so, so bad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, guys. So anyway, on that positive note, um, that concludes our short and sweet episode. I'm sorry that I kind of ran through these stories super quickly. Like I said, this format, mm, not loving it, to be honest. I'm used to two-way dialogue, and this is very, very uncomfortable. Even when me and Rose were doing it when I was in Spain, it's like, at least we were like through Skype. So it's like I was talking to somebody, but like this, just like talking to the camera. I don't know. I don't know how Rose does it all the time, guys. But usually, I guess she's doing like cooking recipes and all this kind of stuff. But still, I'm like, uh, I... I like being on her channel sometimes, like doing the mukbangs and stuff, which we should do that soon because I haven't been on Rose's channel in a very long time. So um, I'm going to mention that to Rose when I see her next. But yeah, not loving this format. Um, we're going to be back next week. Both of us uh, will be recording um, and we'll do our Patreon shoutouts. As I mentioned, we're a little bit behind on those because we pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. But um, hope you guys had an amazing weekend. You're enjoying your week. I can't believe we're already... Like, well, actually, when this episode goes out to the public, like, guys, it's going to be October already. Like, where has this year gone? Enjoy your week. Hopefully, this episode was okay. And, you know, I gave you guys a little bit to think about um, some crazy stories. I still can't believe that Uber one. Like, I didn't even know Uber Courier was a service. So that was really interesting for me. Um, And then also the Netflix Jeffrey Dahmer series. Also interesting, which I know it's kind of bad, but I'm probably gonna watch an episode tonight. But yeah, uh, if you if you're not already, guys, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching these videos on YouTube, um, it's the Savage Podcast, and don't forget to give this video a thumbs up. Show us some love in the comment section. Let us know what you th- well us me, but Rose too. Um, let us know what you thought of the. Uh, stories that we talked about today. What are your thoughts on all of this? Do you think that the University of Idaho should be as strict, um, I guess, or are they just following, you know, regulation and that they have to do that in the state of Idaho? And check us out on on Patreon, Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash the savage podcast. And also, if you're uh, listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, don't forget to hit follow because then you do get updated as soon as we release new episodes um, to the public uh, forum. So you guys will get those updates in a timely fashion. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So enjoy your week. We will be back with both of us um, back to our regular content, regular format. Um, I think we are going to pepper in and throw in some of those. um, Am I the asshole? Because we got a lot of really good feedback from you guys. Um, And again, just continue to engage with us. We love to hear from you. And that's pretty much it. All right. See you guys later. Bye. (laughs) 